This podcast contains adult language and mature themes, which may not be suitable for all listeners. So listen at your own fucking risk. Essential NPCs, the podcast where we sample some of the best and possibly some of the worst tabletop RPGs. I'm Addie. And I'm Tommy. And you're listening to Series 5, Episode 15, Untold Depths. And let's start it off with some announcements. Uh, this first announcement uh, to all you loyal listeners well know that we are doing a giveaway um, in celebration of our 100th episode that aired last week. That's right. We are giving away a Sixth World Tarot deck. It's a Shadowrun-themed tarot deck with really, really premium cards with beautiful art on them. Uh, it's super cool. Even if you don't aren't interested in the tarot aspect of it, just having this deck of cards is, is awesome. And uh, there are some Shadowrun supplements that, in fact, use the tarot deck for mechanical purposes. So you can always look into that if you win it. If you want to win it, all you have to do is go to our YouTube, which we just relaunched, and go to the very first episode, Series 1, Episode 1, A Study in grass. Go there, like it, comment on it saying you want to be in the sweepstakes, and next week, a week from today, we will announce who the winner is. And while you're there, if you feel so inclined, you should also subscribe. Indeed. Uh, so our second announcement is that there is a bonus episode this week. Yes, the final bonus episode of Series 5 is coming. We will be releasing it this weekend. This bonus episode tells a little bit of Nim's backstory, uh, how she went from being abroad to coming back to Seattle. Uh, I've heard good things, but um, I'm going to be waiting to hear just like the rest of you. So it's going to be great. So I hear. And our third announcement is that the time has come, listeners, for post-game chatter questions. Post-game chatter! <laughs> uh, so for those of you who haven't uh, experienced our lovely post-game chatter, at the end of this series, when we are finished with Shadowrun after the final episode, we sit down with the cast and talk about how we think it went, what we loved, what we hated, um, how we felt about the system in general, and then we also answer your questions. So... Here we are, five episodes away from the finale, and we want you guys to start thinking and possibly submitting some of your questions for post-game chatter. You can send questions to any of our social media, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at EssentialNPCs, or you can email us at EssentialNPCsPodcast at gmail.com. Send us questions, comments, really anything to do with this season or GMing questions or tips or, or even player tips. Uh, we take any questions. If you submit a question for post-game chatter, we will answer it. If you have a question that you've been really wanting answered, shoot it to us and we'll answer it after the finale. That is it for announcements. Make sure that you guys touch base with us in all the different ways that you can. We love to hear from you. Um, and let's move on in to Words with the GM. Hello. Hello, GM. Hello. This Words with the GM Hello. is about Series 5, Episode 14, Homecoming. Ah, yes. Part one of, of Project Zoria. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's uh, it's gotten pretty dungeon crawly there, Tommy. We had to like find the dungeon and then we had to like go through a minefield literally to get to it. <laughs> uh, and now we're uh, in a, literally an underwater base. We're in the water temple. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is this is almost akin to a dungeon in like another in another system like Dungeons and Dragons. And that made it somewhat interesting to prepare for. Um, it, it always seems to me that a, a, a good dungeon crawl uh, takes up more than one session. Uh, even if it's just like get to the boss, fight the boss, and then you can leave. Like it, it's rare. I've rarely ever bit, sat down to go through a dungeon in, in any RPG system and made it all the way through. Uh, so... With with going through somewhat of an underwater base being kind of akin to going through a dungeon, I kind of implemented some of my usual trappings when it comes to building out that kind of scenario. Uh, the most important of which is prepare for it to be multiple sessions and try to find out where the, br- the natural checkpoints are. Basically, break your dungeon down into phases and decide where about you want phase one to begin and end and then try to guide the players to that point and then and then wrap it up uh in the in within your time frame uh sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't just like any other plan your players can get distracted or go astray and then you end up uh and then you end up having to adjust your timetable that's just gming uh <laughs> but doing doing this uh but anticipating your dungeon being multiple sessions actually can help you a lot with prep uh, because in between sessions, you can readjust your dungeon to fit the players. Maybe they're playing it way differently than you thought and they really got hurt halfway through and they hit that first checkpoint and you end the session and they were like just outside a really hard encounter and you just kind of change what that room is. You're just like, oh, maybe I'll just tweak that or vice versa. They blow through the dungeon. It's a piece of cake. You've made it too easy. You need to amp amp it up. Well, good thing you planned for the first session of this dungeon to end at this certain point so that you can adjust what remains to make it harder and more challenging because you want something like this to be memorable for the players. You want them to go around being like, man, it was crazy that we like made it out of there as well. You know, so like it's really difficult to plan out the whole thing and know that you have it perfectly balanced until you're kind of in the middle of it. Yeah. And when you say dungeon, I think you mean um, like any sort of like course that you have to run through. It's not sort of like an open map kind of like you could go anywhere and go through any methods of getting through here. It's like you have to get into this building or you have to get into this dungeon or you have to get through this party or or manor house or something. You can kind of take that template, just like we've talked about in other things, you find templates in in one system um, and apply it to your RPG, whatever it might be. Yeah. What is a dungeon but an enclosed series of events that you have to just keep moving forward through? (laughs) But that seems like enough chatter for words with the GM. I want to know what your favorite part was from the last episode. Oh, uh, that's totally easy. Um, So... Uh, Evo is life. <laughs> Yay. Um, I was, I, I guess I should have thought of it, but it was something that I did not for a second there. You were like, you respond. And I thought that I had been like mouse had been triggered to be evil now. <laughs> um, and so like for me, like not only ha- uh, realizing that she was still like pretty much a full clone, um, but also like 
that, that like heart stopping moment of like, oh my gosh, I'm going to turn around and screw these guys over so hard, um, was like crazy stressful and it was really fun. Yeah. That, that was really fun in that moment as a GM when I was like, and then mouse, and like I could just see your eyes like wide. You're like, oh fuck, the control of my character has been given away because of completely legitimate plot reasons. I have no recourse. I'm gonna have to do whatever he says. And I'm like, you just say a phrase. And you're like, oh thank God. <laughs> <laughs> so what was your favorite part? I, I could go on and on about the whole twist with Echo showing up with D'Artagnan and helping you guys out, but I feel like that's a conversation for a later words with the GM. So instead, I'll focus on one moment with Echo, which was uh, after her and Dart get back and rejoin with you guys, and Dart is super, super hurt, and the whole team's like converging together at one point. She turns to Nim, seeing a clone, basically, and assuming it's Mouse in disguise with like a wig on over her blue hair, and is like, Mouse, can you help him? And then this other person who she doesn't recognize standing next to Nim, who is Mouse in disguise, looking nothing like a clone, goes, oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, And just like seeing that, like you guys rolled really, really well on both of those disguise tests. So you were even able to fool like Echo in that particular moment. That amused me quite a bit. And uh, and it was a fun little like tip of the hat to your guys' amazing dice rolls. <laughs> Which I think she still looks at like that. So uh, Yes, uh, she is still disguised, and you guys are still in Project Zoria. You're not out of the dungeon yet. <laughs> uh, yay. Uh, so uh, I want to see what the rest of the Water Temple holds for you guys, so let's go ahead and move on in and listen to Series 5, Episode 15, Untold Depths. Enjoy! It started how it always starts. New team, new Johnson, new job. Except this time, it was different. First, the runners. You got Mouse, tiny sweet girl. More than a little funny in the head. But that doesn't matter much considering she's the best fragging Decca I've ever seen. Then there's Kashmir. About as green as they come. Clearly out of his element. But when the cards were down, that boy proved to be one hell of a mage. Then you have Bumbles, Elf, Dryad, uh, Eccentric. If you're being polite, you command an entire arsenal of drones with enough firepower to level a whole fragment city block. He's the kind of runner you hope you don't need on a job. But if you do, you're fragging glad to have him around. Then there's me, a big red oni named Boomer. My specialty is sneaking in, geeking anyone in the way, and as the leader of the group, keeping those three in line. Next, the Johnson. On the surface, sounds pretty straightforward. Next runner called Pretty B. Fell off the grid a few years back, but I didn't ask why. I'm a professional. Not a line of work, people are entitled to their secrets. Weird thing was, he was paying his hand over fist to help people. Had his clearing out ghouls from the sewers and Redmond, for frag's sake. Like I said, weird. But... It's not often you get a line of jobs with a little bit of honor in them. So I was on board from day one. After a while, we earned Brin's, I mean Pretty B's, trust. And he let us meet his employer, Lawrence Whitmore. Mr. Whitmore was the last genuine anti-establishment businessman. According to my friend, Doc. Publicly, Mr. Whitmore had retired a long time ago when he was like really young. 
But he didn't really. It was all a ruse. And in secret, he started shadow running against the corporations. When he got too old to keep running, he switched to being a Johnson and hired a team of runners to continue the work he started. But not us. We come way later. The runners he hired back then were Bryn's team. Bryn, his sister Enna, an elf named Lario, and an adept named Jason Black. Bryn told us that all of them had died a long time ago, and that's why Mr. Whitmore was looking for a new team. And that's when he found us. We could continue his mission to protect those who couldn't protect themselves, especially from the corporations. I learned from Doc that when you have the chance to do something good for somebody else, you should do it. So of course I agreed to help. Unfortunately, no good deed goes unpunished, and no organization rises without inspiring a rival. Havoc 66 arose as a dark mirror to Whitmore and Bren's work, led by a madman called Hellion. It didn't take long before Hellion found out about us, and we learned that there was quite a lot that Whitmore wasn't telling us. Like that Hellion was actually the not-so-dead Jason Black, the very one that used to run with Bryn. Hellion had turned on his old team, slaughtering them as he defected from Whitmore's cause, which we would learn much later was because he wasn't just operating alone. See, the funny thing about magic is, those of us who are able to harness it are as much under its influence as it is under ours. Hellion had gotten into bed with the wrong kind of spirit, a toxic one. Uh, the spirit drove him mad, uh, desiring only destruction. It took Whitmore's anti-corporation agenda and uh, perverted it, uh, causing Hellion to see violence as the only solution. But before we had a chance to prepare for the coming onslaught, Hellion made his move against the corpse and Whitmore. He broke into the estate and murdered Whitmore right in front of us. Then he stole Whitmore's personal shuttle, blasting off into space. As Hellion had set into motion a series of events that gave him the opportunity to hit the corporations where it would hurt them the most. Now the thing about AAA Corps is they're much too big to take down. That said, they did put quite a few of their eggs in one basket, Zurich Orbital Station. The station is, was, a seat of power for the AAAs. The Matrix, their bank, and even the corporate court was housed there. Like I said, a lot of eggs in one nice mid-sized space basket. Hellion's plan was to take over the station and crash it on Seattle. Not quite an extinction level event, but certainly a global catastrophe. Naturally, the only reasonable thing for us to do was follow him up into space and stop him. Which we did! Sort of. We definitely took Hellion out, just not before he had done enough damage to the station to send it careening earthward. But with a little help from Mouse, we managed to make the whole space station rigger interface. That's right. For a few glorious minutes, I was a space station. While rigged in, I had to break poor Zurich Orbital apart. It fell into the ocean in little bitty pieces, causing basically no damage at all. And we became global heroes. Except no one knows, because we're Shadowrunners, and the corpse would love to pin this on us. So we decided to lay low, in Whitmore's mansion. It was the only sensible choice. That's where we've been since then, keeping our heads down while Bryn lines up the next job. And that's where I come in. 
This crusade Whitmore started is more than just a mission. It's my legacy. My name is Nim, and Lawrence Whitmore was my father. Whitmore sacrificed everything for his crusade against the corpse, including his relationship with my mother, L'Oreal. I never understood how he could just neglect us for his greater purpose. When I was old enough to join his team, he didn't offer, and I didn't ask. Some people would consider that a lucky break for me if they knew what happened next. When Jason Black murdered my mother, I faked my death and fled overseas. And it wasn't even hard considering my ability to magically impersonate literally anyone I meet. I needed to start a new life as someone else, to get away from him and, well, everything. I never understood how important my father's mission was until after he died. And then it was too late. It wasn't really a decision to come back to Seattle. It was something else, an, an imperative. I have to try to make things right in whatever way I can. I returned to the manor and met Brynn's new team. And apparently the mage they've been running with, this cashmere guy, ended up just like Jason. He turned toxic, betrayed his team, and ran away. I can understand why they've had some trouble trusting me. It took me this long to start letting people back into my life after a toxic mage tore it apart. Hopefully, they're not as slow on the uptake. The last time we left Crash 3.0, they had made their move against Evo, creating a submersible limousine called a submosine, and um, made their way to the depths of Lake Washington to infiltrate the secret base housing the cloning program that uh, created Mouse. Uh, their plan is was to break in as stealthily as possible and make their way to the Wellspring of Life, which Grandmaster Grundlefug of Kothan Care uh, believes is the only way Project Zoria could give life to the uh, otherwise lifeless husks uh, that humanity is able to make through cloning. They successfully navigated a an underwater minefield and avoided drawing the attention of a very large spirit of beasts and other disconcerting marine life, hacked their way into the base, made their way down the central chamber all the way down to the lowest uh, disc of three discs, which houses Project Zoria. They then entered the base and snuck their way around. They saw that the operative known as Echo was being transported from the detention center to the re- to the personality reprogramming suite, and uh, D'Artagnan decided to branch off from the group to try and save her. Um, the group continued on their mission. They made their way down to the third level so they could get into the uh, the final elevator that takes them down to the classified fourth level, the place where they assume. The wellspring of life is being kept, and uh, D'Artagnan and Echo ended up catching up with them. Uh, D'Artagnan, heavily wounded, uh, was patched up by Mouse, and Echo revealed that she had been laying the groundwork for a mass jailbreak, for lack of a better term, of the project, trying to save as many of the innocent clones there as possible. You guys made it down into the uh, fourth floor. Uh, which was built like a labyrinth, um, but due to Nimza uh, spell work, she was able to sense the layout of the maze and find the correct route to where the wellspring is being held. 
So, uh, you guys walked down the tunnel. You've been talking with Echo along the way, um, slowly making your way, making sure, you know, that you don't put your foot in the wrong spot. And uh, at the end of the final tunnel, you saw a warm, inviting light, and you walked into that room, turning the corner, hearing running water. And um, you guys round the corner, and uh, you see a granite tub, basically, built into the ground of the floor here, uh, with steps leading down. It looks like, you know, an uh, average-sized person would be, like, a little bit above their, uh, their navel if they stood in the deepest part. Um, and right there in the, like, deep center of that, uh, of this basin is a bright, warm light, almost like a, like, miniature sun, uh, glowing, uh, inside. And, uh, the surface of the water above where that sun is seems to be kind of, uh, being pushed upward and, uh, and making, like, a nice little, like, uh, bubbling effect. And it looks like, uh, the water's, like, being pushed up and then filtered through the sides and pushed down and pushed up and that kind of thing, uh, making it more or less like a fountain. And uh, otherwise, this room just has like some uh, tables nearby, like but they're not they don't even have drawers or anything. They're just like built into the wall, like flat beds. That's that's all there is in this room. And the uh, the only light besides like a couple dim lights around you is the warm, inviting light of that uh, power source at the bottom of the uh, basin. What do you guys do? So um, I uh, I turn to Echo. Are there traps or can we just grab it? She raises her eyebrows and goes, I've never made it down here before. This was the uh, limiting factor of my plan. So um, I'm about I'm just as clueless as the five of you. I'd like to a sense, but, you know, like squintingly, because I feel like this is going to be very bright. <laughs> sure, go ahead and roll a sense. Four hits. Your assumption is correct. There is uh, an extreme amount of astral energy coming from not like the water itself, um, though the water itself does seem to have like a strange signature to it. The... Uh, uh, light at the bottom uh, is very bright in the mundane eye. And when you look at it in a sensing, it like feels the astral around you, but not in a way that's like jarring or painful. It doesn't hurt your eyes. It actually feels really nice. Just like a warm blanket, like wrapped around you and, and like on like a perfectly comfortable bed, like you just immediately feel like at peace and comfort and like safe as it like washes over you. And it, it definitely like the, the feel of it is, is very safe. I'm going to need you to roll a uh, willpower for me. Oh, One hit. Okay. You are not able to, to uh, stop assessing it. Um, and that feeling grows and grows. It's not like you're being like, manipulated or like pulled in or anything like that you're not like you know tempted to go do anything you still have your mind but like you are actually it's like it's like almost being physically unable to close your eyes though that's not how a sensing works it's it's like you're stuck there a sensing it and it, and like the feeling grows but not like again not in a painful way or a discomforting way it just like you can't shake it and you can't go back to mundane um, so I've seen a lot of trids. Is it going to kill me? 
I know it's the wellspring of life, but generally when I've run into magic, it's been trying to kill me. So You know, Grendelthug said it was fine to touch it. Okay. As long as we're not trying to draw magic out of it. I'm going to go... My my arm isn't real. That's a good point. Should I, should I get it? I'm just going to go and sort of gingerly dip my hand in the water. It's the perfect <laughs> temperature. This is very nice water. <laughs> yeah, you should, guys should see it from this angle. I've got like a canteen or something, right? Uh-huh. I'll fill it. Sure. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm gonna go grab it then. Bumbles, wait, what if what if Boomer gets it? Because he's got his armor and it's sealed. What if you touch it and some and I, I really bug was wrong? What I, if something happens? I don't think it's dangerous in that way. I it, mean, you guys are mundane. You're not trying to pull power from it. I really think it's fine. It gave it gave us a soul. I feel like it's still dangerous. It's just a different kind of danger. I don't know. It's nice water. Sure, <laughs> Boomer can... Someone should grab this. We're kind of on the clock here. <laughs> I pick it up. Okay, Boomer, you set foot into the water. Uh, you're completely sealed or any, uh, in your armor, so like you don't feel it touching you or anything, uh, and you kind of wade your way in. Uh you standing at the deepest point of this pool just goes a little bit, like, above your knees, like, mid-thigh. Uh, and uh, you kind of have to, like, kneel down with one knee to kind of reach your arm far enough to, like, feel this thing. Um, the closer you get to it, you can feel the warmth through uh, your armor. Um, but again, it doesn't feel like you're reaching, like, into a fire or something hot. It's just, like, a very it's nice comforting warmth. And, uh, and you... You reach down and you kind of feel for it, and you feel uh, a hard um, crystal-like uh, shape in your hand, uh, roughly the size of like a mango. Uh, and uh, you kind of grip into that and you uh, lift it up. But as soon as you take it off of its resting place at the bottom of the the basin, there's a loud whirring sound. And uh, the room you're in kind of rumbles. And uh, we gotta go. And you guys hear like, <laughs> and you actually see as the uh, the hallway that you came down disappears, and you guys are like trapped in a room for a second, and then like another hallway slides into place, and it's like much shorter, and it turns left. So Boomer, as you lift it out of the water. Uh, as soon as it breaks out of the surface of the water, you see the light fade from it and, uh, it, it fades in like, uh, in like a swift, but like gradual, like, uh, you know, dimming. And then you're just holding what looks like a slightly opaque, uh, crystal, not symmetrical in shape. And, uh, inside it, you see kind of like this peach cut, these peach colored wisps, um, that just move ever so slightly, just slow and gradual movement of these wisps. Uh, you hand it to Bumbles. Also, I want everyone to roll a perception test for me. Is it still really bright in the astral? Uh, or did that fade no. with the fading light? Correct. As soon as it, as soon as it got pulled out, uh, that, that all consuming bright light in the astral that was like enveloping you, uh, fades away. 
and you just see the auras of your team around you, and you can stop the sensing whenever you want. Cool. I will do that. Uh, that's four hits. Also got four. Ten. So four hits for Bumbles, four hits for Boomer, ten for Mouse, uh, and Nim? Two hits. Okay. So Nim, It was really pretty. Yeah, Nim, you, you kind of blink away uh, the astral. That's what you're doing. Uh, Bumbles, what were you doing with the crystal? How much does this weigh? Oh, it's, it's not that heavy. Um, Surely I've got something in the pack of everything I brought I might need for this mission that is roughly the same size and weight of this thing. I want to Indiana Jones it. So, Bumbles, you rummage around in your pack and you wade into the water uh, with uh, some, like, scrap that you have. It feels about the same and you stick it in there, like, feeling out, like, the hole that this thing was in. And you set it in and uh, nothing, like, the the rooms don't change back or anything like that. But uh, as you do that, uh, Boomer and, and Mouse, you guys hear... Like, like gas, air, like air hissing, potentially gas being released. <laughs> cool. And with your ten mouse, you're able to like look up and see exactly where it's coming from. There's like little small vent holes in mm-hmm. the uh, uh, lining around where the ceiling meets the wall. Okay. Um. There, there, something's coming. I think they're putting gas. I think it's a trap. There's gas coming out of the. Do you see it? It's right up. It's right up there. I think we should. I think we should go right, right uh, now. Yeah, let's let's go. All right, I grab my stuff that I put down there because if it's not going to work, that's valuable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and you guys move into the hallway. Um, Nim, as soon as you pass through the mana barrier, I assume you cast your spatial sense. I do. Um, as we are leaving, I take one of my earbuds out and I'm going to hand it to Echo. All right, she'll she'll take it and like without really thinking or anything, she'll like put it in her uh, in her ear, and like nod. Uh, I'll cast it at force two, but set the limit to seven with reagents. Sure. Four hits. Okay. So you get another uh, readout of this uh, this maze. It looks very different from how it was before. Uh, you're going to need to roll a logic and intuition test to find your way to the end of it. Okay. Oh, also, all of you found the Fountain of Youth. Take a point of edge. (laughs) (laughs) Three hit. Whoa, no, four hits. All right. So this time... Uh, under pressure. I'm ready for it. You don't, you, you like find the right path immediately. You don't have to like retrace or anything like that. You look at it, you're like, okay, cool. I got it. It's actually a more complex maze than the one that led you to the wellspring, but you also understand the gravity of the situation. You're in a creepy underground maze with gas being filled into it. So, uh, you're not fucking around. You find it and, uh, uh, it doesn't take you much time at all. And you guys can just like book it. Um, it's a little bit more, uh, distance. It like winds you around a little bit more to get your way out. Um, but you guys get, uh, to the elevator. Uh, the air feels a little thinner as you do. Uh, and I need everyone to roll body and willpower for me. Uh, except yeah. for, except for Boomer. Boomer is a hundred percent fine because he's wearing a chem sealed armored suit. Uh, that's two hits. Okay. One hit for Nim. Okay. One. <laughs> <laughs> We're really good at breathing. 
so you get to the elevator. Uh, Nim, you get there and and uh, it recognizes you as Elena Tremblay and uh, lets you open it up. And as you do, your vision gets a little hazy and all of you start getting, or uh, Mouse, Bumbles, and Nim, you guys start getting like double vision a little bit. And you're like kind of trying to shake it off, and you're in like you get a little dizzy and disoriented. Like you try to walk into the elevator, and you like stumble off to the left. Do I have an opportunity to do anything? What are you trying to do? I drink my canteen. <laughs> it's filled with the fountain of youth. Maybe this works. <laughs> Bumbles, you uh, you take a swig out of the canteen, uh, and your vision clears. You can roll body and willpower again. Uh, Nim and Mouse. You both take 15 stun damage, minus however many hits you got. Well, this is pretty great, so I'm going to edge this. Okay. I do have bad luck. (laughs) (laughs) No! (laughs) We're all down, Boomer. (laughs) Boomer, you see as Nim and Mouse uh, cough, like, violently and then fall over. Uh, You see... D'Artagnan, like, dropped to his knees. He doesn't, like, pass out, but he's, like, looking real bad. Um, Echo looks affected, too. She's coughing a bit and seems a bit disoriented, but she's still on her feet. Uh, And (laughs) Bumbles, you take a swig. Your vision clears, uh, and, like, you think maybe it's going to work, and then it comes back again, and you drop the canteen. Uh, spilling water all along the floor. You take 15 stun damage and pass out. Uh, So you see Bumbles hold his own for a second, taking a swig from that canteen and then dropping it and spilling it all over the floor. And then he lets out like a loud cough and uh, like falls to the ground, vomiting up a little bit of the water. Um, My auto injector has um, a stim patch and also an Two antidote patches. So the first thing that happens is your antidote patch kicks in and gives you its rating worth of dice uh, to to this test. Oh. Um, though the penetration of this against any protective measures is minus two. So rating minus two. That you get to roll that many more dice. Okay. I got one extra hit, so I only take thirteen. Yes. Cool. Um, and then after that. Your stim patch kicks in when your stun track fills, Um, so you temporarily heal six stun damage. Neat. Um, So, uh, Boomer, you see them all fall to the ground, Bumbles vomits a little bit, and then you see uh, Mouse kind of like, her eyes open and she takes, (gasps) and then coughs because it's... (laughs) There it is. uh, And uh, uh, she kind of like scrambles to her feet. Um, what do you do? I drag everyone onto the elevator and, uh, I start getting us upstairs. Sure. Uh, you get into the elevator, uh, D'Artagnan kind of like with the help of Echo follows you as you grab, uh, Nim in one hand and Bumbles in the other and drag them both onto the elevator. Uh, the elevator shuts and you hear a a quick and like mouse, you feel like the air, like filtration system kick on in the elevator and like a bunch of like fresh air blows in (gasps) oh my gosh uh mouse you are currently disoriented so in addition to whatever wound modifiers you have you also are at a minus two hey minus three the canteen i roll over bumbles and i grab the the wellspring out of the bag 
I'm going to med kit myself, but I'm also going to ask Boomer what he's doing. Oh, well, this thing gets gives healing properties to water, it looks like. There's water in bathrooms. Oh, that could work, maybe. Or maybe it only works down there. But we could try it. We should try it. Agreed. Uh, what did you roll on? Uh, five. You rolled five hits? Yeah. So you heal three. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I start working on Nim. Okay. Go ahead and roll up for, for Nim. So there's a minus one for the conditions there. I'm going to edge that. Sure. Six hits. Uh, so Nim, you heal four damage. Cool. <gasps> and Nim is conscious. <laughs> I'm immediately going to hit myself with a stim patch. Sure. You heal up six more temporarily. <coughs> what the frag was that? Um, I think some kind of poison or toxin of some kind. Echo clears the throat and goes, according to my internal respirator, it was neuro, uh, Neurostun 10. A very, very effective toxin. <clears throat> uh, Bumble's next. Okay. I only got two hits. Okay, so... It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't help wake him up or anything. It's just kind of you scan him. He's real rough. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I I'm gonna hit him with it, my extra stim patch. Sure. Bumbles. You temporarily heal six stun damage. And then start working on Dart. 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 Like allows himself to be worked on. He kind of sits there and like he goes, "Thanks, Doc." <laughs> no. Ah. Uh, uh, <laughs> got it. Four hits for, for Dart. All right. So Dart heals up to stun damage. And if I have time, Echo? Sure. Okay. Bumbles. Respirators. On the list. New forms. <laughs> you okay? Do you, would you like some help? Help, help how? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so all of you who are waking up, you are disoriented just like Mouse. So you're all at a minus two. Bumbles, you're, you are also nauseous. <laughs> oh, oh God. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'd like to cast heal on Bumbles. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, that's five hits on the med kit for Echo. And that's everybody. That's three hits. Okay. Bumbles, you heal up three physical damage. Oh, that's, that's great. I only feel awful now. <laughs> I resist the drain. And then the, uh, uh, the elevator... Opens up, and you guys are hit with the cold air of the lab, uh, the cold storage. Uh, and you see the uh, blue light illuminating all of the one-year-old infants floating in, in tanks. Um, Echo, could you um, give me three marks on the host? Yeah, yeah, right away. And she presses a couple buttons in her AR, and boom, you have full access to that. Okay, I start editing. Sure, go ahead and roll an edit file test. Uh, And as you do, the lights switch from blue to red, and uh, you hear um, the usual, like, calm, peaceful, ambient music that's been playing in the background all around here uh, switches off, and there's a... Burr, burr. Security alert. Security alert. All personnel return to your housing units. Security alert. Security alert. All personnel return to your housing units. 
That is not helping my headache. Hey, remember that clone army? Can we turn that on now? <laughs> uh, Echo looks and goes, they're not an army, they're, they're refugees. They're all combat trained, yeah? Most of them are eight years old. Bumbles, we're not using children to fight our way out of here. Additionally, uh, I can't do it from here. I'm going to have to go to the administrative wing. The only controls over the comm system is in Amelia's office. Great. And she presses a couple buttons and looks at something, and she goes, good news is uh, it looks like this security alarm was triggered by the security suite, which means it wasn't triggered by Amelia in her office, uh, which is relevant because a while back I disabled the uh, their ability to call the external security force. Problem is, Amelia does have a manual wired override in her office, but she's not there right now, so I need to move fast. Um, and and immediately Dart like stands up and uh, and is like, I'm coming with you. I guess we're all going there. Well, you may need to move and secure our, our way out. How uh, how well are your operatives armed? Decently. Uh, I don't have time to go into what the uh, the armory has available, but um, there's only a few left. But if they if I don't get the co- uh, the command word through, they may bring in the twelve or the twelve uh, operatives in training. Okay. Um, it may be better in case this falls through that if you guys are in position to take uh, to take on the security team and or the operatives, and make sure they can't block off our exit path. It's the only way out wherever you guys are docked. What are the protocols? Um, what? How in charge is Elena? Could she give directions to operatives? She has sub. Uh, she has subconscious programming in all of us uh, that I'm not even fully aware of. So what you're saying is you look like the boss. Yes, uh, and if they were told that it was a false alarm or to stand down, then they would have no reason to disbelieve her. Also, <laughs> Bumbles, we need to destroy all of this, all the research. We need to blow it up behind us. Yeah. Do you have a lot of bombs? No, but. You've blown up a Bunraku parlor before. Yeah, but that was a building, and I had time to ride around it with a can of explosive foam. This base, <laughs> I assume, is hardened more than the typical fan polyup. Uh, I mean, if you don't, if you don't have the 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 know-how to to set the system to blow, then then we can work something else. We can figure something else out. Oh, uh, I thought it might be within your realm of expertise. Yeah, I could blow up anything if you show me where it can be blown up. Uh, anything on this level. Uh, the, we have two labs and this cold storage. It all needs to go. I get to work. <laughs> I, I don't know. I start looking at things that look explodey. Uh, yeah, go ahead and roll um, industrial mechanic for me. You have, a, you have a plus two in improvised explosives. I'm going to let that carry over into this test. <laughs> Echo, the cold storage, there's... Is, she looks around at the, like, one-year-olds floating in the tubes, and she goes, they're not alive. Uh, Ascense them if you, if you want. I will do so. They, you, you don't have to roll for it. Doing so, they have no aura. They, they, are, they, are, meat li- they are just meat husks. Okay. No fountain of youth yet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's three hits. You have an idea on how you can start working. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, they wired that that way. That's interesting. <laughs> I bet if I plug that into that. Uh, oh. And you can imagine that, like, the lab has, you know... Oh, it's probably just filled with chemicals. Chemicals <laughs> and, uh, and like, Bunsen burners and all sorts of things. You could 
this you were made to do this um i would like to if possible build a small scale rube goldberg machine that does detonate it all at once (laughs) (laughs) i'm feeling very bad in this underwater base and i'd like to do something that cheers me up (laughs) (laughs) Uh, like i'm still working quickly right right (laughs) okay so uh boomer that means it's you and me let's go not just us bumbles can you give mouse access to the drones? I have the rail guns. Perfect. Oh, I hand Lil Walkie to uh, Mouse. Here, take him. Oh, he's so cute. A little little uh, walker bot with a gun chest. I, I hold him in my palm and I'm like, pew, pew, pew. Because he's so <laughs> no, cute. Oh, no, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Let's go. Nim, are you are you going to the office? Uh, once I get to those the the comm controls, I can take control of all the all the clones. Oh, well, if, when I say the passphrase over the over the comms, I get complete control of everyone except for the operatives. Of which, one of them is out on mission, so there's only two left in the station. They're manning the security hub. Uh, Mouse, they're the spiders. Yeah, that makes sense. So right now we have an opening to get in position before any external security is called. Unless they unless they rope in the twelve uh, the twelve operatives in training, which they might do given the fact that most of the operatives are down right now. Yeah, um, I I think you're better off going to the office, and and I'll stay with uh, Mouse and Boomer. Okay, uh, we can we can talk more on comms if we need to adjust the plan. I need to start moving now if I want to beat her there. I go to the lab where Elena is. Sure, is she there? She's still unconscious there on the floor. I tie her up. Sure. <laughs> um, and then you get to work uh, priming level three for detonation. I do. All right. Go ahead and roll um, uh, demolitions with your plus two and improvised explosives. I don't suppose I earned edge for trying to build a Rube Goldberg machine. No. <laughs> Great. That's a critical glitch. Oh, no. Okay. You're you're working very hard right now, Bumbles. That's what's going on. <laughs> Everything seems fine. <laughs> you start linking Bunsen burners together, and uh, and you you like open up a, a shelf with a bunch of chemicals in it. You just look at them, and you're like, <laughs> this is like it's like they want you to blow it up. <laughs> Echo and Dart begin moving to the north quadrant to get to the administrative housing area. Boomer, Nim, and Mouse, what are you guys doing? I say we secure the extraction point. I think we should stop by the security level. Um, If we can knock those two out, if we can distract them and knock them out, they won't be able to grab those other agents and create a force. Uh, Also, Mouse, I I need you to roll (laughs) sleaze for me. Um, And you, without a matrix perception test, you can see the two personas of the spiders um actively undoing your editing so that they can see the cameras Shit. uh because you can very like what you see looking on the cameras basically like now taking a moment to like read the all, all the screens and see exactly what's going on in the rest of the base um most of the like eight-year-old uh clones are being uh funneled from the education center into the uh early stage housing uh wing um, you also see on the uh, operative training center B um, a bunch of looks what looks like 13-year-olds being um, led out 
towards like the elevators to move up into the housing area. Uh, they're being led out by one adult clone that looks to be like in her mid thirties, and you do see another uh, adult clone um, standing in the hallway where uh, Echo Ten died, um, and uh, she's like waving at the uh, uh, at the camera, and then like she has like a little a little radio, a little like short range band radio uh, on like clipped onto her jumpsuit, and she like talks into it, uh, and then like you know like waves again and talks into it and you think they're trying to get like the cameras to match what she's seeing basically and echo really quickly says two of the six adult clones are already down uh delta five there's the security lead uh with the with the short range radio um charlie two is the is the older one in her 40s uh and you can see her escorting the kids into the uh early stage housing November six is uh, is currently overseeing the um, operatives and training, and India six uh, is the other one assisting the uh, the students. And then the only the only other two threats uh, that I can't control once I get there is the two the two operatives in the uh, in the matrix. Uh, and what did you get on your sleaze roll? Five. Uh, they don't seem to see you, though they are trying to counteract your editing. Okay. Um, are there bulkheads in the hallways? I mean, we're underwater. So if there's a way to, like, stop flooding if it ever happened, like... Yes, but you you don't have any control over them wirelessly. Probably, you, you can, like, just by walking around, you've seen them, like, in the hallways. Um, they have manu- manual controls in the security suite. Okay. Either that or in the administrative level, but that would make less sense because less people have access to that. Right. Nim and Boomer, what are you guys doing? Well, we probably got to deal with the security team. Yeah, I, I think heading towards level two, towards the security suite, is uh, the best thing to do. I still look like Elena Trembley, so you know I can at least distract them, maybe knock one of them out. Boomer, if you can then rush in and get the other one. Sure can. And if there's more, I got an idea. You got you got some uh, area spells, correct? Yeah, I got something in my pocket. Good. I got something in my pocket too. <laughs> All right, Nim and Boomer, you guys uh, with with Mouse following along, climb into. Uh, uh, so you guys actually can go a little bit of the ways with Dart and Echo before you branch off into one of those uh, elevators that uh, connects like the the western and northern quadrants, and uh, you. Zip on up that elevator, uh, and you are nearby the internal security suite. Uh, once we get to the elevator, I will, I will go into um, VR. All right, uh, you guys get in the elevator. It closes, starts moving up, and Mouse uh, keels over as she drops into VR. I'd also like to palm another trank patch. Sure. Uh, go ahead and roll palming. Let's see if you can hide it. And I get a narcoject ready. I will edge that. Four hits for palming. All right. Uh, with a little bit of direction from Echo, um, uh, Nim and Boomer Mouse, you guys are able to get right outside uh, where that security suite is. Um, on the camera feed, uh, Mouse, um, you see as uh, Delta Five uh, starts making her way to where you guys are, seeming to give up on like being like. Maybe she can help, basically. That's what you get just by looking at her. Like, she's, like, frustrated and moving back to assist the two operatives inside this room. Okay. 
Or is she calling our elevator or a different elevator? Uh, it looks like she's not she's not taking your guys' elevator. She's she's dropping down a different elevator and walking along through the adolescent test chamber. Okay, sure. So um, I'll I'll let Boomer and Nim know that that's where she's coming from. Um, at this point, um, Echo and Dart have made it to uh, like a large uh, door that's been made like to look like it's wood, even though it's made out of like plasteel. And uh, Dart like is tampering with the the maglock there, and it pops with sparks and opens up, and they move in uh, to the mansion. And since Dart is part of the DNI, you can see through his image link. Um, it is a mansion inside there. It's everything else in this has been very sterile and like you know straight edges, very very clean and white. Um, and then in here, it's like very rustic and like uh, extravagant. Boomer, uh, why don't you let me go in first? Uh, I, I should be able to get at least one of them. Roger that. I get a knock eject ready. All right. I will uh, open the door and stride on in. Uh, you see one is in VR and the other is in AR. Um, but uh, when you walk in, uh, the AR uh, looks up and goes, uh, uh, yes, sir. And the one that's in VR opens her eyes and like sits up and looks... Uh, and and they look at you expectingly. I will walk to whichever one's closer and say, Echo 8 has been neutralized. Show me what you've got in the cameras. Uh, and they go, oh, we're having a little bit of trouble with that, sir. Um, uh, and they pull up some, uh, they press a couple buttons and the monitors light up. And like uh, you see like um, mouses altered camera feed and she goes uh there's all sorts of activity in the hallways and we can't see we can't see it um uh the they're obviously being tampered with we're looking for anyone who's in the system right now we haven't been able to notice anyone um at this point uh boomer delta five is getting very close to you Nim now if i'm close enough to uh the one that i was walking towards i will try to patch him sure you got four in your palming roll right yes four hits and i'm gonna I'm going to charge in once I see her do that and stick the other guy. I got three hits. Nim, you, uh, uh, you kind of lean in to look at the camera feeds and, uh, you raise up the, the trank patch to try and slap it on, uh, on this clone's, um, neck. You do see that they're like 18, 18 years old. It seems like. Um, and, uh, when you do like her training kicks in, she sees it coming and, uh, and she, uh, actually ducks and, uh, uh, spins around and like, uh, kind of like throws a jab at you and you kind of duck back and, uh, uh, boomer, you come running in right as that happens. Um, and the other one who's sitting in the chair who had popped out of VR sees you, uh, coming for her and, uh, a giant, Oni figure in a in like mil spec armor holding a narco jet like leaps at her and she slides out from under the chair and slips in between your legs and stands up behind you. I need everyone to roll initiative. Did anyone get above twenty five? Yes. Yeah. Ooh, uh, what'd you get, Bumbles and Mouse? Uh, I got twenty six. Okay. Um, thirty. Who got? Anyone get above twenty? Twenty two. Uh, anyone get above fifteen? Above 10? Nim, what did you get? (laughs) (laughs) I got an 11, actually. Ah, So above 10. Okay. Mouse, you are up first. 
Okay. Uh, the current lay of the land is uh, two of your team are tangled up with um, uh, two operatives in the security suite. You don't really have line of sight in there. Mm-hmm. You just know it's happening because of their their DNI feeds. Sure. Um, and then you see Delta Five sprinting down the hallway towards there. And then the other lay of the land is uh, you see. Most of the kids have made their way into the housing units um, under the uh, guidance of Charlie 2 and uh, India 6. Um, and uh, the elevator on the first floor opens up, and the uh, 12 operatives, or the 12 operatives in training being led by November 6, start making their way along the first level uh, towards the housing units. Okay. Um, is it a simple action to tell the railguns to deploy? They're actually already deployed at this point. They, they drop down out and start looking around for threats as soon as, uh, uh, as soon as the alarms go off. You guys have been running around underneath them. They haven't noticed you because you've been, you've been jamming them. I have been. Okay, so yeah, I'll, I'll tell two different railguns to shoot at her, um, from the direction she is running to. Sure. Okay. And then I say, I'm sorry. Because <laughs> I don't really want to shoot her. Uh, so they, uh, they, one, uh, basically she's running and then as she gets in between both of these drones, they both like turn and just like pepper her from two sides. Uh, she kind of stumbles like seeing them turn and like tries to like jump out of the way. Um, but like one of them rips through like one of her legs and the other one like hits her uh, in the shoulder and she spins around and falls. Uh, and like, as she does, she, like, kind of hits open a door so she has cover from one of the drones. Um, and then she's, like, trying to, like, crawl to get in- into the room a little bit to get cover from one of the other drones. Uh, you hit her real hard. She's knocked down prone. She's still alive, though. Uh, Bumbles, you're up. It seems like everyone sort of got everything handled. I keep making a bomb? Sure. Go ahead and roll another uh, demo. I mean, I already critically glitched on it. Right, right. But this could be for something else. Sure. <laughs> Go ahead and roll demolitions for me um, with your improvised explosives. Am I still nauseous? For, like, one more combat round, yeah, you guys are still suffering from disorientation and nausea. Well, you're the only one with nausea bumbles. Hey, that's one hit. Okay. Just for funsies, you've made yourself a little makeshift flamethrower out of a Bunsen burner, uh, like, gas canister. You got. You gotta really just bring your own fun to work. <laughs> uh, it started as a way to like melt down a security <laughs> panel so you could get in and work the wiring, and you're like, "This is fun." <laughs> I should make one for home. <laughs> uh, Delta Five um, rolls around, uh, looking at the drone that she doesn't have the door uh, blocking her from, and uh, pulls her sidearm and fires a couple shots, and that drone goes offline. Okay. And um, you guys hear Echo go, uh, be advised, Amelia has uh, just triggered the hardline alert to the external security force. Uh, they're going to be moving their way down here soon. Uh, I'm almost to her office. And you like you can see through D'Artagnan's thing, like they've run their way through the mansion and like they're running down a hallway. You guys got to uh, gotta prepare for that. And yeah, she like turns to, uh, turns to Dart and like kind of like holds up her hand to like stop him and like gives them like a one second signal. And then uh, she opens up the door. You get a glimpse inside that room, basically, um, as, uh, 
as D'Artagnan like spies like a, a a woman who looks a little bit like Mouse and Echo, but is like 50 years old, uh, standing behind a desk. And Echo walks in, and the door like kind of creaks to a crack behind her. Uh, and she says, "Sir, there's been a breach. Charlie Six has sent me to escort you to safety." And uh, you hear the uh, the lady go, "Very well. I've just called for help. Lead the way." And um, D'Artagnan's like listening, and you hear like footsteps as like Echo turns and like starts heading back towards the um, uh, towards the door to open it up. And there's a gunshot, and then the door slams shut and seals, and like the maglock on there like closes to like it says hermetic seal. And Dart swears and starts working on it. Did Echo tell us where the security team was called to? Like what they they have several docking points, right? Uh, actually, Mouse knows having looked at their parameters. Basically, as soon as they get the call from Project uh, Zoria, if it comes from this hard line in the office, the one that they're guaranteed not going to go to is the south, uh, because they will either go to the east, uh, the east, west, or north, so that they can get to those northern two elevators, so they can get down to the third level and and check on the administrative housing as quickly as possible so uh that's at least where they're going to go there and you also mouse know that they have a data chip that um basically when they get a call from a station like they get an updated data chip from them like every few weeks and when they get a call from a station they basically get like a sit rep of like where they should go who they should uh pay attention to who's who's supposed to who's authorized to be there who's not that kind of stuff so that they don't go in completely blind and have to just trust whoever they see uh, they they like, get like a, a brief dossier of like everything, um, so you know that they're not going to be completely clueless when they come in. So like right now, you know, Mouse, the security team outside is like getting their shit together, and then they're gonna move their suite down to dock with uh, with the station here, and then um, as they do that, they're gonna like really really quickly brief themselves on the like power structure down here, and and they get a little bit more context on where like what the different things are like now they know it's a science lab and stuff like that probably you don't know exactly what's on that data chip because it wasn't like plugged into the host it's like a you know only open if you get the call type thing but they have to dock on level one and they're gonna dock um so that they head towards either the northeast or the northwest elevator uh yes okay out of curiosity what elevator am i in right now you are on level two uh in the northwest elevator okay uh, Boomer, it's your turn. I'm going to try to stick her again. Okay, go ahead and roll unarmed combat. I'm going to use a point of edge. Okay. I got four. All right. Uh, so she is slid under your 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 legs. You turn. Uh, she seems try like she reaches for her sidearm. She's trying to decide. Like you can see her eyes like scanning your armor for any weak points as she does. Um, you reach out with one arm to try to get a grab of her. She kind of like twists that arm. She grabs like your thumb and twists it. Um, but like you're stronger than she is. So like she twists it and instead of getting like the full lock shoulder lock on you. You just pull her in and jab her uh, with the narco jet and she goes down. And then uh, Nim, the one you're up against, um, she reaches for her firearm, like stepping back and takes a couple shots at you. Go ahead and roll a dodge test. I'm going to edge that. Sure. One hit. Okay. All right. You have to resist 
Uh, 12 damage at minus one armor piercing. It takes six damage. As uh, she pops off a couple rounds, uh, and one of them, like, hits you, like, square in the bicep and, like, makes you stumble back. Uh, It is now your turn, Nim. Over the DNI uh, to Boomer, I want to say, Boomer, I I hate to leave you, but I I think I could be more use upstairs. All right. Just keep me updated. Uh, So I... Running is a free action or a simple action? Simple action to, or yeah, simple action to run. Okay, then I want to recklessly spell cast. Sure. Increase reflexes. Sure. At force four. Go ahead. Four hits. Okay. All right, I take one drain. Okay. Uh, yeah, you you clutch your uh, sustaining focus and channel your magical energy into it. There's a bit of a backlash. You're doing it pretty haphazardly as you run out uh, towards the elevator. Yeah, I want to go towards the elevator and head up to level one. Okay. Yeah, you get to the elevator, you hit one, uh, and you and Mouse are humming your way up to level one. You're getting up there, and Bumbles, uh, you're uh, moving your way. You've almost finished your, your sabotage job. Cool. Um, and you can you can like start making your way towards the elevator uh, or wherever or wherever you're gonna go. Um, but uh, you uh, bumbles, you hear bumbles. I feel I must inform you. <laughs> <laughs> the external security team seems to have been alerted to uh, to your activities. How may I be of assistance? Well, based on my read of this situation, Nim's gonna go lie. Mouse is asleep. Boomer's probably fine wherever he goes, no matter what. <laughs> D'Artagnan is a crazy sword man, so they're either going to go help Mouse uh, or D'Artagnan. Roll, roll, roll a visual perception test for me, since you're actually reading the situation um, before you uh, before you give Red Leader a command of any kind. Uh, that's four hits. Uh, you see November 6, the operative who's leading the 12 operatives in training towards the early stage housing. Uh, she kind of stops and presses like uh, her earpiece, and um, and like she seems like she's heading back to the elevator. Okay. Uh, and she's she is armed. That one. I need you to I need you to kill that one. Of course, Bumbles. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then I will head to the elevator with my new flamethrower. <laughs> Uh, you can get a, uh, in the northeast elevator, actually. Uh, that one, no one's operating right now. Cool. Uh, Nim and, and Mouse are in the northwest. November 6th is in the southwest. Okay. I go to the elevator that the security team's going to come in. Uh, okay, so it's a guess. You have to guess uh, north. Well, actually, it's not so much a guess because ni- you're you're in one of the two elevators that they would do that they would use via protocol, and Nim can direct them to that elevator, per cha- like possibly. Okay, Nim, I need you to make sure they come to this elevator. Yeah, I can do that. I set my charge in the most convenient spot. Sure, go ahead and roll a demolition test. <laughs> <laughs> That's two hits. Okay, yeah. You uh, uh, you stealthily plant uh, uh, your directional charge so that this elevator is a death trap. <laughs> Mouse, it's your turn. I'm going to use the PyTac to give Nim five of my initiative. Okay. Uh, Nim, you get, like, kind of a tactical readout and, like, dire- directions for Mouse to, like, uh, an algorithm of the most probable point of entry for the... Uh, uh, for the security team and like uh, like 
quick like little dossiers on all of the all of the security team that you're going to be like that you're going to have to like talk to. So in that case, that makes it. Um, while all this has been going on, there has been a conversation that you guys have been listening to. Um, so you hear uh, Amelia speaking to Echo. Uh, she's like, or she says, "Do you take me for a fool, Echo Eight? As soon as I heard the alarm sound, I knew it was you. I saw it in your eyes the moment you got back from your little field trip as a shadow runner. That unmistakable glimmer of hope, the will to resist." I should have had Juliet 5 decompose you right then and there, but no, she thought she'd gotten through to you. Now tell me, where is the wellspring? And where did you get your information from? Speak truly and swiftly now, child. At that, Mouse, uh, you say without being able to restrain yourself. You just say, uh, Boomer has it, he's in the security suite. I got the information from Echo. Echo says, I'm done answering your questions. You'll, you'll never be able to sink your, your claws into me again, Amelia. I've always had something else to live for than your twisted dream of immortality. And Amelia says, Something to live for, you pathetic little loon. You've been plotting and planning for something to die for. You've always been weak. The poor excuse for the best of a bad batch. Idealistic and prone to futile, uh, futile sacrifices. It doesn't matter that you won't want to talk. I'll be able to track down and punish whomever you're working with. And one day I'll look back at this time and chuckle to think of a little mutation like yourself could stop me. And then uh, you hear Echo like cough. It's like a wet cough. And she goes, oh, I don't need to stop anything. I have him for that. And uh, D'Artagnan has finished popping the maglock on the door, swings it open and leaps in. You see uh, this old woman just take a sword straight to the heart. And like, just, he drives her into the ground and like pulls the pulls the blade out and turns uh, to uh, Echo to like look at her. And she's been shot through like the gut, um, uh, like kind of on the like left side of her, uh, of her lower abdomen, just a through and through shot. And uh, she like, like raises raises like her her hands and and is like I'm fine I'm fine get me to the console, and he starts helping her up. Uh, Mouse and Nim, it's your guys' turn. Uh, Nim, you you the elevator gets there you can step out and you see that the you see the twelve uh, operatives in training like walking in your direction and they see like the elevator ping open, and and they're like sir. Uh, there's, there's been a breach. Uh, I need you to go to early stage housing. Help them out. Make sure that it can be secured. All right, go ahead and roll impersonation for me. Six hits. Uh, they look at each other a little nervously, and then they're like, of course, sir, right away. And, uh, they kind of double time it towards the early stage housing. Uh, what else do you do? Mouse, do you have control over the elevator you're in? Yes. Close the door and make sure it's not going to open. Okay. It is, you guys are going at the same time, so yeah, you can do that, because you both have the same initiative. So you can close the door, no problem. I don't have visual on any of the other six, the ones that are with the kids. Uh, you do, you do. They're, they're, they seem to have almost secured that, and they're heading in a way that they'll probably run into those 12 operatives. Okay. Uh, there's Charlie 2 and India 6. They seem to be moving uh, probably towards an elevator to try and, uh, probably towards the elevator you're in, to try and go to a different level. Okay. But they're still, like, with the kids? They've left the kids. The kids are, are all stowed away. So they are currently alone in the hallways, moving towards your elevator. 
I send this elevator down to the third floor. Okay. Uh, Nim, uh, you still have a little bit of action left. Did you want to do anything else? I'll head further towards the the north. So okay. I'm kind of more equally between the northwest and northeast. Sure, elevators. sure. The, the operatives kind of double time it, and then you kind of move in their wake uh, towards the north. Um, and uh, you see over the camera feeds... Um, Red Leader and the rest of the swarm zipping out uh, from the uh, uh, in the southern area and swinging around towards the southwest elevator, intercepting November Six, who is just getting to the elevator and calling it, and just <laughs> tear her down, true swarm style. Uh, you can you can roll for them to attack uh, to hit her. Three hits. All right, yeah, uh, she's, like, startled as the swarm comes zipping around and flashes, like, a bunch of lights uh, uh, in her face and, like, the Noisquito starts spinning around her. She reaches for her, uh, or she's already got her gun drawn. She, like, lets off a couple shots and they whiz in between the drones and then uh, the, um, the rotor drones just open up fire and tear her to shreds. Target neutralized. Uh, Boomer, it's your turn. So there's no hope at all for the, uh, full-blown operatives, right? Uh, according to Echo, she has no control over the uh, active operatives. They were not reprogrammed using her uh, subsystem. And she's got a gun? Yep. She just saw Nim run off, uh, and she kind of turned to take a shot at you. I'm gonna get my rifle off my chest, and uh, I'm gonna do a long burst into her. Okay. Six. Yeah, you... Uh, very quickly, you unholster or unsling your, your rifle off your chest. Uh, she's turning towards you. She's trying to, like, move uh, into the hallway for a little bit of cover, and you just lead perfectly and just, like, and just cut through her, and she spins around and falls down dead. Security team's still coming towards uh, one of the elevators, right? Uh, yeah, on the first floor above you. Boomer, wait. Uh, you need to disable the bulkheads, break them so they they can't shut. We we've got to flood this place. On it, I disable the bulkheads. <laughs> okay. I push the button that says disable bulkheads. Go ahead and roll a perception test for me. See if you can find the controls. Can I help him by lighting them up, like in his AR? Uh, yeah, you can assist him. Actually, with with Mouse's assistance, you don't need you don't need to roll. She can just boop. They're these ones. But do these ones. <laughs> I do it. <laughs> cool. Uh, you. Um, it looks gonna, like an old person texting. It's going to take your whole turn and, and uh, mouse all the rest of your initiative for you to instruct him through disabling it. Because it's not just like a turn it off thing. Like you're trying to sabotage it. So you got to walk him through it. Got it. No, not that way. Just. Uh. Okay, Can you just, say it in Pragan English, please? <laughs> all you have to... Okay. See the second doohickey. <laughs> <laughs> the practical term is thingamabob. This is painful. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's painful? Getting shot is painful. At this point, um, Echo and Dart make it to the console. Um, Echo presses the button and you hear the uh, the alarm that's been going off go silent to open the line for her and you hear her lean in and go all for one and one for all <laughs> and D'Artagnan laughs, <laughs> I laugh as well 
And uh, the 12 uh, operatives in training that are heading towards the, uh, the housing just stop, stand in their place. And then uh, you see uh, Charlie 2 and India 6 get to them and look at them and like start talking to them, like seeming to direct them and they just don't respond at all. And then all of the early age housing doors open up and like in single file line, calmly but swiftly, uh, all of the um, kids start funneling and the uh, uh, funneling through the hallways. And the um, the twelve operatives in training turn and start walking a different way. Um, and you see uh, Charlie two and India six seem to like realize something's going on, and they've armed themselves. So they raise their guns to shoot at the operatives that are walking away from them. Two of the turrets drop down and as you see through D'Artagnan's visual, like Echo controls them. And then she finally like succumbs to her wound a little bit and falls over. <laughs> and like and, and like D'Artagnan has to like shoulder her to keep her from like completely like just slamming into the ground. And she's like having a real hard time keeping on her foot on her feet. Uh, she goes... No, 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 no. What are they doing? This isn't how it's supposed to go. And uh, they keep walking and they start filing into the southern wing and climbing into the PAB units. As, the, as they're climbing in, uh, the doors uh, on the northwest open up and in walks in the like external security team. We'll drop out of initiative there. We'll just do this all cinematic now because there's no more combat going on. Nim, I assume you go to intercept the external security team. Oh, thank God. Clutching my bleeding arm, which I'm actually clutching because it's actually shot. And uh, and <laughs> six people stand uh, stand in front of you um, uh, uh, armed in security armor, uh, like tactical vests. They uh, And they have like four rotodrones and a steel lynx and two Doberman uh, drones behind them and they all level their guns at you uh, flashlights shining into your face and they're like halt freeze identify yourself uh, Elena Tremblay uh, I'm the lead scientist what's the situation here uh, it's it's bad I think I think Amelia has been shot um, they're headed down to the fourth floor we've got secure equipment down there the elevator behind you uh, they've jammed sure go ahead and roll con I'll edge that. That's eight hits. They they sit there for a second and then uh, uh, only hesitate for like a moment before uh, one of them goes, uh, Guillermo, uh, Guillermo, stay with her. Uh, the rest of you with me. And they just start running down the hall. Uh, the all the drones follow them, and one of the uh, uh, one of the uh, soldiers like moves and like uh, comes up to you, and they're like, and and he goes, uh, let's get you somewhere safe. Yeah, uh, can you help me? I, I need. I have lost a lot of blood. He goes, here, take my left shoulder. Uh, I'll lead the way. Thank you. I want to cast punch. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you will cast the spell punch, not punch this guy. <laughs> He's in full, like, SWAT armor, right? Yes. I'll cast it at force 12, but set the limit to 7. Okay. Three hits. And I take two drain. So you put your your arm on um, on Guillermo, uh, and um, you see through uh, 
his like ballistic mask and his helmet and armor and everything and and actually uh looking down you see he's a satyr uh and uh he's got like his two horns kind of poking out of his ballistic mask and you can see like his leg armor has been modified to accommodate his uh his satyr legs and uh uh he he's like all right stay close to me if i say duck you duck and then as soon as he says that you shoot a surge of magical energy into his shoulder and uh he just gets shoved down to the ground <laughs> and falls flat on his face and he's unconscious bumbles you've finished sabotaging this elevator i assume you move away from it yeah i go to meet mouse in her elevator Okay, you're going to have to go the long way then That's because fine. they're coming along the north. Mouse is in uh, the northwest elevator, which is behind them. So you've got to move all the way al- around the south. Yeah, I'll go around. Uh, so you you uh, go down to the south and start bending your way around. Uh, you actually get into the, uh, the PAB suite and you see as all of the clones like blank expression, wide open eyes, unblinking, start funneling their way into all the PAB units, uh, like the PAB rooms. Okay. Uh, and start like, and you can see they've left the doors open as they do. And they like are sitting in the chairs and plugging themselves in. Okay. Is there like a central PAB controller? Uh, I mean, you can ask echo about it. Uh, she actually, I mean, as you're doing this echo is like swearing and being like, I have to get there. I have to get to the suite. Yeah. I'm, I'm there. What do you need? I break stuff. Good. It's not, it's not breaking. Um, this is, I must've fragged something up. I don't know. There, this is what happens when, uh, there's an error in programming. They're, they're sent back and they, they wait for someone to fix the error. Uh, you, you don't, you don't know how to, how to do that. I, it, it would, you'd have to wing it. That'd be insane. I've done crazier things. And then you hear, perhaps I can be of assistance, Bumbles. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. That's unexpected, but you're full of surprises, Red Leader. <laughs> Echo tries to, like, she's trying to move, and she's moving super slow, and she, uh, she like, falls down the stairs, basically, uh, as she's talking, and, like, D'Artagnan has to, like, catch her and, like, stop her from, like, just tumbling completely. And then she, like, kind of sits there for a second. She goes, okay, okay, uh, maybe I can talk you through it. Uh, you're gonna have to go to the, uh, the control console. It's in the, it's in, right in the center. You, small room. You'll find it. Yeah, can't you, miss it. You, you do easily enough. It's not that hard. Uh, it even has, it's labeled as such. And, <laughs> and so like you walk in and it's just like, it's uh it's like, it looks like the PAB seats um, with a bunch of like wires to like plug into like your, your control rig and stuff like that. And like a bunch of like bio monitors and stuff. Uh, and uh, um, a couple like invasive needles on the back, like to go with the spine. That's gross. And, and she goes, if you, if you get in that chair and, and, uh, and boot it up, it will, uh, it will connect you to all of them. And then all you need to do is, is work on the, find the error in the code and, and fix it. Um, mouse, mouse and I can help you. And then, uh, as you're like getting in the chair, red leader zooms up into the room with you. Uh, and, um, he's like kind of floating there and he's like, and he says again, perhaps I can be of assistance bumbles. Um, I'm assuming he says that over his microphone and not into the DNI. Right. Cool. You know, I think I've got it (laughs) (laughs) over the DNI. Right. (laughs) Medicine's basically just wet engineering. How hard could this be? (laughs) Um, I'm going to get out of VR and go to meet Echo and Dart to see if I can help at all. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
because you're on the third floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can you can definitely get to where they are and start like helping Dart carry Echo like towards the elevator. The the security team gets to the uh, gets the elevator. You see one of them stays behind to pop probably uh, Boomer with your small unit tactics uh, knowledge skill. You're able to tell that that person is being told to secure this floor, <laughs> and uh, they all climb into the elevator behind him and close the door. Um, yeah, so right before I sit down in the scary medicine chair, I do detonate that explosive. <laughs> yeah, there's a big explosion, and the station shakes. Not so much on the third floor. You're a couple, you know, it's it's like a slight tremor. Uh, but, uh, Boomer, you're on the second floor, you feel it a bit, and Nim, you're on the first floor, you feel it a lot. Does uh, the guy right outside the elevator, how's he do with this? Um... Actually, it was it was a shape charge, so it mostly just directed all of the explosion into the elevator. He sure. gets hit with a little bit of kinetic energy and like flies forward, and like he knows what happened in there. <laughs> sure, he doesn't have any of the drones with him. All of the drones got piled into the elevator. That's real sad. Uh, and uh, so there's just one guy sitting there, like wide eyed, <laughs> as like the doors to the elevator are blown out and like bent and everything, and like the flaming fireball that is that elevator just plummeted down the shaft, uh, uh, getting like stuck like halfway through, and he like runs forward and looks down and like shouts after them. Uh, but uh, he seems relatively unharmed himself. I'd like to restrain the guy that I knocked out, sure, and then pretend to be in restraints and lay down like I'm unconscious. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. <laughs> but, but not actually restrain myself, so I still have full range of movement, but it just looks like, like I'm like laying on my hands on my back, so it looks like my hands are tied behind my back or something. Sure. Uh, Boomer, uh, uh, what, are you, what are you doing? I feel the boom go off, and uh, I chuckle to myself and say, nice, Bumbles. <laughs> I'm making uh, my way to the not blowed up elevator. Sure, sure. So I can get the frag out of here. Uh, so I'll go up that elevator, grab Nim. She can't see my puzzled look under the mask. <laughs> can I hear the elevator moving, though? I mean, you have the DNI. You know what's going on. I see him going towards the elevator. Yeah. Boomer, no, there's there's one more. I'm going to see if I can get him. Don't come out of the elevator on the first floor. You're not taking this one from me. And I run in. <laughs> so so he runs by he runs by uh Nim doing the coy uh unconscious prisoner gag. Um the the guy who was by outside the elevator who had to secure the first floor does seem to be moving on an intercept course to f- probably find Guillermo, who's not responding to his comms. <laughs> And he sees you and immediately, like, uh, you raise, you're going to shoot. You're getting the shot off. That's happening no matter what happens. Uh, but he raises his, his gun and with one hand uh, points at you. And uh, I need you to roll willpower for me. I'd like to give him some counterspelling dice. Sure, yeah. He's inside your spell defense. How many, how many dice are you giving him? I'll give him six. Uh, I got eight hits on my shot. Okay. Five hits on my willpower roll. All right, Boomer, you take five physical damage uh, as it feels like your body's being cooked from the inside out. Uh, but you still fire off the shot, and you barely break stride as you squeeze off a full long burst. Um, he doesn't really have anywhere to go. He also seems a little shaken by the force of the spell that he cast at you. Like, he, he you know, it kind of, like, hurt him a bit, so he, like, kind of, like, his like body like kind of like winces and then he tries to move out of the way um and you 
shoot through uh, his uh, through his armor on his gut, and he falls down to the ground. He's still alive, um, but he like falls down to the ground and like is hurt enough that you're going to be able to get another shot off on him. And I do. Go for it. Now I'm gonna. Now I'm gonna double tap. Uh, yeah. Go ahead and roll that. Mouse, Echo, and Dart get into the elevator. Uh, Bumbles, you climb into this PAB. Yep. And uh, as you do, uh, Red Leader goes, Bumbles, if you would be so kind as to redirect my wiring so I am integrated with the chair. Sure. Yeah, that's easy enough. And yeah, you don't have to roll a test for it. You, It is easy enough for you. You just snip a couple wires and now you have Red Leader kind of hovering over your head. Cool. He goes, this may hurt. <laughs> oh, as uh, the chair boots up and you feel sharp pains all along your spine at the same time as all these needles stab in to your spinal cord. Ah! And then you go and then your body goes numb because you're pushed into VR. Um, I was using that. <laughs> and you're sitting there in a stream of data. Um, uh, it's kind of looks like gobbledygook to you, um, but it, you can you can at least make out um, 35 different like um, uh, like icons floating around in the matrix around you. Okay. Uh, presumably one for each uh, each clone that's plugged into the PAV system, and um, your you know your default matrix icon. You're just kind of like standing there, looking a little bit like you. It's just me. <laughs> <laughs> floating next to you in VR is like a little like uh, wispy, glowy uh, shape um, that when it talks, it kind of like brightens. Uh huh. And uh, it speaks with uh, Red Leader's voice and and goes, I'm scanning the subconscious, uh, the subconscious neural links of the clones to find the problem. As you are a, a, an organic life plugged into this chair, you have to be the one to uh, uh, to link with them and and trigger the change. Sure. That makes sense. Please stand by. OK. Is there like a loading bar underneath them? No. <laughs> You're just kind of hovering there and there's like this like. It's like really quiet in there and all the like pain and like stuff that you've been feeling is, is gone right now as you are sitting in VR and you just hear like a, I doodle. <laughs> yeah. You just trace your finger and sure enough, like a little doodle appears in the, in the matrix next to you. I draw a picture of my idea for a gun that can shoot the matrix. <laughs> Echo says to you, uh, mouse, your friend's going to get himself killed. What? I, I, I mean, it's dangerous plugging in like that the the a pab it has biofeedback in the name you open yourself up to uh to biofeedback damage just by being plugged in and uh, the longer he's in there the more likely it is that it will cook his brain so he better know what he's doing and get out of there quick huh is this is fun (laughs) is there is there still the dni yeah yeah you have connection to bumbles okay uh boomer what'd you get on your shots Seven at minus ten. Yeah, you. And uh, the dude who's like reaching for his gun or maybe reaching to cast another spell at you just gets shot in the head and is dead. And now you guys are all oh. alone with a bunch of unconscious clones plugged into PAV. Um, Come on, Em, let's go catch up with the rest of the team. Uh, Yeah. I hand my med kit to Dart. Uh, uh, Bumbles, how, how is it going in there? Uh, it's going fine. Red Leader's just, you know, diagnosing the problem. Mm-hmm. How, how long do you think it's gonna, wait, what? 
<laughs> I said words. Red leader's diagnosing the problem. No, that that doesn't make any sense. You're he. Did you give him like an algorithm? No, he said he could help. Oh. And uh. I, he usually he always does. <laughs> Every single time, Red Leader said, I can help, or sure, that's fine, or yeah, I can do that. He's delivered. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, oh, does, did he give you a timeline? How long are you going to be in there? Like, like, you're about out, right? Um, I don't know. Uh, hey, Red Leader. Yes, Bumbles. How's it going? Data analysis is 75% complete. I'm like 75% done. Okay, okay, that's good. Um, just don't panic. It's very dangerous what you're doing. I mean, we live dangerous lives, you know? We do a lot of crazy things. Oh, um, so... At this point, the whole group has made it together <laughs> by the elevator. Uh, Mouse, Nim, Boomer, Dart, Echo. Okay, because it's very... There's, you're sitting in a biofeedback chair. Oh, Oh, no. That's bad. <laughs> I told you not to panic, but if you're quick, it, it, it might be okay. Okay. So just be quick. I can, I can do that. That's perhaps the best thing I'm good at. <laughs> okay. Can I go into the restroom now? <laughs> All right. So uh, I take out the, the fountain in the uh, canteen. Now head into the restroom. I notice none of the sinks are able to, uh, you can't stop up the sinks. So I turn behind me and look at the toilets. I stick the fountain into the toilet. <laughs> what happens? Uh, as soon as it touches water, uh, that warm light glows and the water begins to like, you know, bubble pleasantly. I kind of swish it around for good measure <laughs> and I fill up the canteen. Uh, yeah, you do that. And the water is pleasantly warm, as you do. All right, I take a swig. <laughs> do I feel better? Yeah, um, that like achy feeling along like your your uh, your nervous system, like from being hit with that magical energy, uh, begins to fade. Uh, you heal um, one point of physical damage. I stick it back into the toilet, refill, cap it, and leave. What are the rest All of right. you guys doing? I got some magical sink water. <laughs> we all saw you put it in the toilet over the DNI. <laughs> it's sink water. <laughs> yep. You know we know the difference between a sink and a toilet, right? Bumbles, data analysis is complete. Okay, what's the problem? All of like this code streaming around you like strips away and only like a couple lines of code sit in front of you. And uh, uh, he highlights like a few lines of it and he goes, um, if you are to replace this line with my recommended line and uh, another line of code appears below it, the problem should resolve itself. Okay. Yeah, I'll do it. Okay. Uh, you start. I just badoop. Yeah. That's how mouse does it, right? Yeah. You, you <laughs> grab like the, like the images in front of you and they move as you do and you just kind of push it around and, uh, and the uh, faulty code uh, gets hit and he goes, he goes, initiating sequence. Uh, please remain in the chair for the process. I don't, do I have a choice? <laughs> <laughs> um, and now I need you to roll uh, willpower with a firewall of 10. Plus one hit. Okay. You take 
five physical damage as your body is racked with uh, with deadly biofeedback damage. Now I was I'm using that all of my brain. <laughs> this is uh, this is a bad machine. We should break this when we leave, Red Leader. <laughs> of course, Bumbles. <laughs> I'm gonna find whatever panel calls the submarines down to dock. I assume that there's one already attached in the northern. Well, one. actually, so when you go to like where the security team breached, mm-hmm. like the airlock extends further. It extends into the security suite. And inside the security suite, like you walk in and like there's controls for like everything with the external base, including uh, controls of ferrying the tax, uh, uh, taxing the submarines in and out. And it has its own airlocks to have submarines dock with the internal ring of the security suite. Oh. And so like you step off of this disc onto that security ring. You can see like the large windows that look into the chamber. Sure. And you can see all the controls for uh, – uh, manning the turrets, manning um, the submarines that are docked. The, you, you have like direct connections to them, so you can take control of them and drive them to uh, the second set of airlocks on the inside of this ring. Okay, I do that. Okay. Uh, it takes you time, Yeah, basically. You have all the skill sets to make this happen, so... And nobody's fighting you. And no one's fighting you, so... Cool. I will go with Mouse, just in case they left anyone on the security... Uh, ring. Sure. Echo and D'Artagnan also go with Mouse and Nim. Uh, and D'Artagnan uh, kind of sits Echo down and starts patching her up with her instructing him. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I pull out the canteen and I pour a little on her wound. Uh, it seems to clean up and heal a little bit, yeah. A little bit more. It heals up a little bit more, yeah. I, you have, uh, about, you I have th- about half a canteen left. Oh, there's more toilets. I pour the rest on, or I pour enough until it heals up. Sure, yeah, you empty the canteen on her wound, and it it, uh, it all but completely seals up. Bumbles, you hear Red Leader going, reprogramming process, 92%. Cool. Please stand by. Okay. Confirming algorithm. Double checking for errors. That's good. That's smart. Tertiary check. That's, all, that's a good idea. And then there's a... Uh, huh? And the whole base shifts as, <laughs> as one of uh, one like section of the uh, explosive Rube Goldberg machine that you set up on level three detonates, and uh, and that uh, whole wing of the uh, of that section like just goes up in flames, and uh, the whole base shifts. And I need you to roll uh, firewall ten willpower again. At the explosion, I'd like to run back towards the PAB room. Sure. Uh, That is three hits. Okay. So you take two more physical damage. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, As your body gets racked with energy and uh, all these like blue lights floating around uh, in the matrix around you, uh, like stop floating. Huh. And they just kind of hover there ominously. That's weird. And... Do you know what that is, Red Leader? Stand by. Analyzing. Bumbles, it appears we have a problem. Oh. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> can it be killed with guns? Unfortunately, no. Shit! <laughs> <laughs> the- hey, guys. Um, I'm, this is a developing situation. I'm just going to loop you in. Listen. <laughs> 
the reprogramming process on the clones has been completed. That's good. They may be, they may be released by pressing this button. Okay. However, the explosion seems to have altered this unit's wiring. Uh-huh. Critical and fatal errors have incurred. I noticed that. I cannot repair this. Okay. Well, There's another a rumbling... <laughs> as the base shifts again. Smaller explosion this time. But, Mouse, you see as, as like, half of the cold storage room just goes up in flames. Sure. Um, I'm going to shoot the laser turrets at the mines. Okay. It takes you a bit. I'm not good at shooting. You're not good at shooting, but you got enough laser turrets and there's enough mines. <laughs> what are you what are you trying to do? Blow up all the mines up above or Yeah, make like a hole. Oh, for the submarines to go through. Yeah. Uh yeah, you start doing that. Helping mouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like it's uh like that old game uh Space Invader twelve. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, that game's ancient. Uh Red Leader goes, Bumbles, I have some unfortunate news. Okay. Removal of organic tissue from this chair will cause a lethal dose of bio- biofeedback. Uh, it wouldn't need to be much at this point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what's the plan? Uh, I don't know the matrix good enough. Processing. Analyzing. Unfortunately, Bumbles, there does not seem to be any solution I can conjure. For you to leave this chair will kill you. Okay, so I take a deep breath. This is what I would like to achieve. What can I accomplish from here to get the clones and everyone else out of here safely? Um, well, you, you, can, you can give the clone... You, can, you fixed the problem. So uh, when you release the clones from their PAB units, they're, they're released. And then Echo can guide them to wherever. That's pretty much as as far as the extent of your control, because you're only linked into these these PAB units. But you see Mouse clearing away for the submarines. The submarines are also getting in line to dock with the security suite. It seems like your team kind of has the evac a little under control at the moment. I want to grab the canteen from Boomer as I'm headed towards the PAB. Sure. Stick this in the toilet. Just fill it up. <laughs> I will grab the uh, Wellspring as well. Sure. I want to tell the clones to get the team out because I'm pretty sure the amount of damage I've done to the bedrock of this base is substantial. Seems like it, yeah. (laughs) Uh, I tell them to do that. Uh, And then I I record a message for Bryn. Okay. You can can reveal it later if you want. Yeah, I do. I will. I will. But you do release the the uh, the uh, clones who stand up. Uh, you see them kind of open their eyes, stand up, uh, and like shake their head, and then they they all just kind of stand and start moving their way towards the center ring, uh, towards where your team is. Nim, you you get to the bathroom and make uh, some toilet water. I'm gonna make some toilet water, water. <laughs> toilet holy water, uh, and then run into the PAB system room. As you do, you run past uh, a group of uh, uh, clones, and they kind of step in your way. And they're like, um, we've been instructed to, uh, to escort you from the base. They uh, say creepily in unison. There, there are others you need to secure that are in the security system. I, I will be right behind you. As you wish. And they keep walking. Uh, and you run up to where Bumbles is. Yep. Uh, you see Red Leader uh, floating above his head. Uh, Red Leader turns to you. Uh, what do you do? Uh, he's unconscious in the chair. 
Yeah, he's in he's uh, in forced VR in the chair. I, I basically want to examine him and see like where the needles are going in. If I could pour the water near there, like so, it's is kind of like it's going on this wound, maybe like on the back of his head, sure, as, sure. as close to his skull as possible. Yeah, yeah. There's like eight or nine needles stabbed into his spinal cord, uh, starting at the base of his neck, moving down, and you're you can like douse those and uh, like the irritation and stuff like does clear up quite a bit. Uh, unfortunately, bumbles you don't feel any better i need you to open my pocket and take the swarm none of my drones have hands uh, wh- i don't know what you want me to do with your swarm i need you to take it back to the mansion because you're all gonna need it no you're you're coming with us i don't uh, that's not an option listen i trust red leader with my life if there's a way to get out of this he would have found it Listen, I know how much bombs I made at the bottom of this base. You don't have very long to leave. Every second you waste, standing here, trying to get me out of this stupid fucking chair. This stupid fucking needle chair. (laughs) Is a second you're not saving clones and the rest of the team and being big fucking heroes. But you just said it. We're a team. We can't leave you in a base that's exploding. We can stabilize you. We can... Get you help when we get to the surface. All right. Yeah, here's what you're going to do. You're going to fill up the, as many canteens as you got. You're going to take my body and you're going to hope the Fountain of Youth works. <laughs> um, all, all this while, I assume Mouse, Echo, and Dart are loading clones into submarines. Between you guys, you have like four canteens that you can fill up with, with water from the toilet. Do I know that he's been in there too long? You can surmise yeah, as okay. much. Yeah. With your extensive experience with biofeedback, there's no way to pl- for me to plug in and like take half the biofeedback. No, it doesn't work like that. It's through. It's basically through like the hard connection of of the needles stabbed into him. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna go deliver the canteens and then stand in the doorway. All right, Bumbles, whenever you're ready. Uh, I turn to Red Leader, and I say, um, you know, you get him out of here, and then you do whatever Bryn says. Of course, Bumbles. All right, yank me out. <laughs> I, I make sure that trauma patch is nice and set on him before we unplug. Okay. Three more explosions go off. Uh, the base begins to turn, and uh, the center of gravity starts to shift. Um, and uh, you see, um, through Dart's DNI, the center chamber is starting to crack. And uh, your guys' exit is... Uh, is closing. All right, Bumbles, as they uh, dampen some of the damage by splashing you with this magic water, (laughs) uh, (laughs) uh, you need to resist 24 biofeedback damage. I don't have any edge, do I? You do not. I'm dead. I pick him up. We'll treat him on the subs. Let's go. Uh, Yeah, so you guys yank him out of the chair. Uh, At this point, the the floor is like buckling underneath you. The, the explosions are now <laughs> underneath you. And uh, you yank Bumbles out. You splash him with the water. There's like a, a spark and Red Leader detaches himself from the chair. And because of your, uh, your pie tack, you see the flat line that is, that is Bumbles. We got to hurry. Let's get him on the sub. Uh, so you guys have Bumbles' corpse in your hand and, and you're, I'm barreling towards you're the sprinting. I need everyone to roll either gymnastics or running 
as basically what's happening is the f- the explosions seem to be uh, letting the weight of the earth around uh, the base cave in from the outside. So this disc, the lowest disc first, is like crushing and the floor is being pushed downwards from the outside. Um, and so you guys have to like deal with like it breaking and water shooting in and like uh, and running your way through. Is Red Leader still floating with us, or is he like powered down? Or- no, Red Leader. Red Leader detached himself and is now following you guys. Okay. I got seven, and I spent a point of edge. Mouse, what did you get? Two. Um, and Nim, what did you get? I can't roll. My dice pool is five, and I'm at a negative five modifier. <laughs> <laughs> I also pick up Nim. Okay. Um, I would increase your threshold for carrying both uh, Bumbles' corpse, which is just dead weight, and then Nim. Um, however, you rolled seven, so you still reach the enhanced threshold of, uh, of doing this. So you have Nim under your arm like a, like a football. Ah! <laughs> and Bumbles' corpse sl- uh, slung over your shoulder, and you start running through. You actually overtake Mouse. Uh, like making like a jump that she can't quite make. Um, Mouse, roll a dodge test for me. Um, I'm gonna edge it. Okay. Four. Okay. Um. So Boomer, like, there's a there's a cave in, and actually the the uh, the hallway you're running down, uh, part of it just dips straight down, and the other cranes upwards. Uh, Boomer, um manages to make the jump mouse you lose your balance and you uh fall and uh like kind of slide and roll um it's everything's kind of getting really slippery as water is just shooting in everywhere you slide down and um before you can like reach the bottom of the decline uh there's another explosion and the part that boomer is on as he's running away from it uh breaks and falls straight down and you manage to pull your legs up uh so that you slam into it it's like kind of like a straight wall leading up but you can like now you have a way to like reach up and grab and like try to pull yourself up to make it uh onto the same level that boomer is and it's like the la- it's like the home stretch you see boomer getting into like the security suite where the submachine is docked and like echo and d'artagnan are like pulling hit like helping him load like nim and uh bumbles into the submachine um and and i need you to roll um either gymnastics or running for me one more time yeah, um, I'm going to pop my kamikaze. Sure. <laughs> that makes sense. Okay. One hit. Okay. Uh, so you start uh, running down. There's another explosion. The hallway you're in careens, like, turns counterclockwise. And uh, and you're, like, three feet away from making it to the internal ring, which is, like, rumbling but isn't twisting as much as, like, this disc is because um, the internal chamber is bigger. Can I see through the doorway? Yeah. I want to cast physical barrier behind her to prevent any water from murdering her. Nice. (laughs) Uh, Mouse, you go uh, falling to that side. You only have three more feet to go until you make it into the center ring. Um, You do hear a rush of water pouring up behind you. And uh, uh, Nim creates a physical barrier behind you and the water like splashes and doesn't it would have pushed you into like a corner where you would have had to like fight to like reach up to the door. But now you're like, you're able to like kind of brace yourself against the wall and reach up for the door. And as you're like pulling yourself up, like hopped up on kamikaze, uh, uh, your, your hand or your foothold slips, uh, on like, uh, on a tile as it like snaps and breaks and it lands on red leader. 
uh, who like takes it and like you kind of slam him a little bit into the into it and like one of his rotors like cracks. Oh no! And uh, but he he like pushes he like gives you enough of a foothold that you can fully pull yourself up and then as the the hull like is ripping itself away from the center chamber red leader like pulls up right behind you and like falls down onto the ground like his rotor broken uh and uh nim because you mentioned physical barrier already i'm going to allow you to then create another physical barrier <laughs> behind mouse as uh as um that airlock would be flooded uh, behind mouse as like a lot of the like that hallway basically rips off and gives way to like mud and water that's trying to seep into this in- internal chamber as long as i am conscious i will keep creating physical barriers as it gets torn away to like stop the water around her sure uh and and at that point mouse you can jump into the submarine I- I don't. I uh, get grab Red Leader um, and carry him with me over to the submarine taxi controls. Um, and I tell them to, and I open the door at the top and I tell them to go up and I give them coordinates like through the hole that you and Boomer through the hole, yeah, through the minefield, yeah. <laughs> um, and they disembark. Okay. And then you jump in the submazine. And then I jump in the submazine. <laughs> yeah, because at this point, now uh, uh, Nim puts up another physical barrier to stop uh, as uh, a fraction of the internal ring cracks and breaks, and you would be exposed to, like, open water. <laughs> uh, Nim, um, go ahead and roll a drain resist test for me for all these physical barriers you've been doing. One hit. Yeah, uh, Nim, you you hold it, and Mouse, you leap into the submazine. Uh, Echo slams her hand on like uh, the console, and the the submazine like airlock shuts behind you as Nim passes out from all the drain and the physical barrier she used to prevent the water from flooding the security suite uh, goes down, and it just completely floods. And now there's a it seems like there's a chain reaction of explosions moving up. Uh, the center chamber. You see the the submarines with the clones moving up, and you guys are a bit behind. If no one else is driving, I'm climbing into the driver's seat and 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 try and drive the submarine. Okay. Do you have pilot watercraft? I don't. Uh, go ahead and roll reaction minus one. Okay. Two hits. Um. So you climb your way up. Sitting down, you're just really hopped up on kamikaze, so ah! you don't even feel like you don't even feel like the strain in your muscle. Monster! <laughs> you hit you hit the uh, ignition button on the submazine. Uh, it detaches um, partially by your choice and partially because the uh, <laughs> security suite you're attached to like buckles and breaks off. Um, you see explosions and and uh, uh, like moving their way up this chamber, which is starting to cave in around you. You start piloting. Um, and uh, as you do, you've dropped Red Leader on like a chair or the ground or something, and he like tumbles down. He's on the passenger seat. He's on the passenger seat. Well, you see that his like his so he's on the passenger seat next to you. You just kind of tossed him there. Everyone else is struggling to buckle themselves in, um, and uh, you see Red Leader's just like completely broken and dead. He doesn't have like any engine functions or anything like that. Uh, and you're you're trying to pull your way up, and everything's breaking on around you. You're giving it all you've got. You don't know how to do this. You're just holding down the gas and, like, the thing's spinning and, like, 
the steering wheel doesn't work like a normal steering wheel. Everything kind of starts turning and spinning around upside down. Everyone's like losing it. You you actually bump up against the side and lose a little bit of speed as like a part like caves in and hits and scrapes along the side, scraping off some of the chameleon coating of the submachine. And um, it doesn't look like you're going to make it. I need you to roll six more dice for me. What? I'm also holding onto Bumble's corpse while this is all going down, trying to feed him water. Four? Four more hits? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so you're, uh, it doesn't look like you're going to make it, and then the lights on the console brighten and like kind of like surge a bit, and then through the speaker that like Bumble's usually speaks through, mm-hmm. uh, you hear, perhaps I can be of assistance. And uh, the wheel that you're holding onto turns without your um, without your control uh, and puts you on a different course, and then you grab onto it again. And that course that you just made through, like, zi- like turns so that you like move laterally to dodge like an incoming piece of debris, and then you find like a hole in the cave in and push your way out as it all comes in. And you guys zoom out from the b- bottom of uh, Lake Washington giant muck cloud following up behind you as uh, this black site is completely and utterly destroyed. Um, you can see uh, as you're getting closer to the surface, you see the li- the sunlight above you and the shadows of the, uh, of the submarines with the clones moving up towards the surface, you following a distance behind them. All of you kind of sitting there and you look and you see Bumbles laying there dead and boomers arms and that's where we'll end this session you did it you crazy son of a bitch (laughs) (laughs) this podcast has been brought to you by enpc productions all rights reserved the essential npcs podcast is not affiliated with endorsed sponsored or specifically approved by the tops company incorporated Shadowrun is a trademark of the Tops Company Incorporated. All rights reserved. Go to www.shadowruntabletop.com for more information.